Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thanks for coming out, Pacific Point Church. Our, really, our heart is learning to love and live like Jesus. Just each day trying to be a little bit more like Jesus. And that's, that's what we're trying to do through these small groups. That's what we're trying to do through church and the relationships that we have with one another. So welcome. Glad you're here today. Uh, Chris, do you know how USC did yesterday in their game? You're a terrible alumni. Does anybody know how they did? Terrible. Don't we love that? Okay. <laughs> what? It's USC. Uh, how many people went to USC here? Let me make sure I don't offend half our crowd before I get started. Okay, only one, so we're all right. Get up, you know. UCLA struggled a little bit too, but that's all right. Oklahoma's a good team. All right, football. We love it. Uh, the Pats are playing today. Make sure you tune in. Let me pray because I got a transition here. Kissing the announcement girl and all that threw me off a little bit. So join me as we get started. Father, I thank you for this time. Lord, I pray that you would speak. Holy Spirit, that you would speak. Even as we sang, that you would give us hearts to receive what you would speak to us today, Father. Even as we talk about your Holy Spirit. um, God, give us eyes to see. Open our hearts, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. We are kicking off this series on the Holy Spirit, and I, I, I thought before we, we get into it, and I want to take a few weeks and kind of unpack who He is, and people go, oh, I know who the Holy Spirit is, but I want to give you a little bit of a picture of my journey with the Holy Spirit. It started in a Lutheran church when I was a little kid, which was very conservative, so not a lot of talk about the Holy Spirit in the Lutheran church. Then my mom threw us into a charismatic church, which there's a lot of talk about the Holy Spirit in a charismatic church. Then Chris and I met and got involved in a real charismatic church and were there for years and and all kinds of crazy charismania stuff. And then when we moved out here to plant a church, we went really conservative, seeker-friendly. Just kind of don't talk about the Holy Spirit guy, you know, just just kind of real neutral and, and all those things. And then something happened. Life happened. Life happened and kind of kicked us in the behind in the last few years, which has really awakened, is that a good word? Is that a right word at USC? Awakened in us, me, not my wife, she is steady as can be, and, and, but awakened in me this, I need the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit in my life to do what God has called me to do. To make it through the day, I need the Holy Spirit. To, to, to overcome, to deal with the heartaches, to deal with the pressures, pains, and junk that is out there. I need you, Holy Spirit. And then all of a sudden, because I've been a, kind of a closet uh, charismatic for years, and you know, I, I pray in tongues in, in my closet with no one around, and, and I'll pray for someone a little bit, put a finger on them, and Lord, heal them, you know, that. I, and I'm just like, God, I, I need you, Holy Spirit. And I feel like God is saying, okay, Let's, let's talk about who he is. So that's where we are today. Who is he? The Holy Spirit. Who is he? We look at John 14, 15, and 16, and it's this interesting 
uh, uh, time of Scripture, the theologians believe this, that there's about a 12 to 15 hour span there from 15, John, excuse me, John 14, where Jesus is having dinner, the Last Supper with his disciples, and then him going off into the Garden of Gethsemane. Kind of the, the, he's, these are the last things that Jesus is saying to his disciples. And we see this at the end of John 4. Jesus says, rise and let us go from here. They had just received communion. And, and they're, they're moving towards the Mount of Olives. And, and they believe that John 15 comes because Jesus sees an olive tree. And then he talks about the vine and the branches. You know John 15 and everything that's going on there. And then comes to 16. But in all of this, Jesus is making this introduction in John 14, 15, and 16. He's making this introduction to the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. And, and if you could surmise and, and just pull everything together in what Jesus is saying here, it's this. I'm going away. But don't be troubled because I'm sending someone else. In this, this, this short time, these hours as he's talking to disciples, they don't get it. They don't understand it. But Jesus says, I'm going somewhere, but it's all right because I'm sending the Holy Spirit. It's going to be all right. Let's look at a couple of these scriptures in 14, 15, and 16. It says this in 14. And I will pray the Father. And that, it's an interesting statement because I will pray the Father. That, that, that word there in the Greek is, is really I will ask the Father. It's used a couple times in scriptures in that form. So you could translate it, I will ask the Father and he shall give you another helper. There's about five times we're going to see, four or five times we'll see this, this form of the Holy Spirit, the helper in these passages that we look at. I will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know, some underlining each Holy Spirit reference. I'll tell you why in a second. Neither sees him nor, or, or, uh, neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I underlined he and him, the references of the Holy Spirit, for one reason. Because nowhere in this scripture, nowhere in this Bible, from Genesis where we first see the Holy Spirit to Revelation where we see the Holy Spirit, is the Holy Spirit refer, uh, referred to as it. Not one spot in this word is he referred to as it. Yet we find ourselves talking about it, the Holy Spirit. See, but it, it's a he. He is a person. He is a person, and if you don't see him as a person, you won't develop a what? A personal relationship with him. When we put him in this category of, oh, this, this it, I, I don't really know people, it's kind of weird, it's kind of all these things, you know what I'm talking about? We depersonalize and we, we, we miss this whole power of who he is in our lives and what he can do. I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Now, not because I'm a pastor, although that's good too. You hope your pastor has the power of the Holy Spirit rolling in his life. I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life so that I will love one woman the rest of my life. I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life so I can love my kids well. I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life so I can take this next step tomorrow because I don't know what's happening tomorrow. I know what's happening today. 
I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life so I can deal with that next step that I have tomorrow and not knowing what might happen. And I think in so many ways the church just kind of put it, not him, in this little box on the side and said, oh, it's kind of weird. Don't, don't talk about that. I can't do it. I can't do it. So he says this in John 14. These things I've spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send, my, send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all that he has said to you. He will teach you and bring you to remembrance. He will bring remembrance, things here that God speaks to you. He will teach you. The, have you ever been in this, this word and you're turning, you're reading, you're reading, you're going, boom, where did that come from? I've never seen it that way before. Do you think it's your, just your great brain that is just kicking out new revelation of God's word? No, the Holy Spirit, he's revealing something to you. Have you ever been there and, you, and, and you know, I've, I've preached these words and people go, were you thinking about me and talking to me specifically when you're preaching that word? And I used to say, yes, I was thinking about you for the last five days and preaching this word just for you. No, that's not true. I wasn't. But the power of the Holy Spirit, what he guides is, and leads is, did I offend you guys? Yes, I was thinking about each one of you every time I preached this word, okay? It was about you. When, <laughs> the, the, the Spirit moves. Have you ever spoken a word to someone they said, I, I so needed that right now? The Holy Spirit speaks and guides and directs says, all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said says this in 15, as we keep rolling through 14, 15, and 16. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. In other words, Jesus said, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe what's happening here. But nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Now think about this. The disciples have walked with Jesus. They see these miracles. They see all these things that have happened, all these changes. And, and Jesus says to them, look, it's good that I leave. And they're thinking, wait, 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 wait. I, I, we've had a good gig going here. I want that to continue. And Jesus essentially says to them, it can, it will Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is your advantage that I go for it. I do not go away. The helper would not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. John 16 says this, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of, the tr of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will, he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you, the things that are to come. This scripture here settles the argument. Have you heard people say, the Holy, God doesn't speak anymore today. The Holy Spirit doesn't speak. Very clearly right here, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit speaks. He guides. He directs. There's no argument here. The Bible says that he speaks and he tells us things to come. The Holy Spirit, in the power of the Holy Spirit, he is alive and he speaks. I don't know about you. I need words from God. I need encouragements from God. I need the power of this Holy Spirit. Are you seriously mopping up? People, I, I, you are mopping up in the middle of... 
Oh, dear God. I guarantee you. You know what I'm going to say right now? Do you know what I'm going to say? I guarantee you Rick Warren is not preaching and some guy's walking up with a mop, <laughs> mopping up in the aisle. I, 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 it just, it just is beyond me. Oh, Father, help us. I need the power of the Holy Spirit just to preach through a message with you guys. Spilling coffee, hitting mobbing up. Oh, if you're not laughing, you're crying. I don't want to cry. The helper in the Holy Spirit. The Greek word is para. It's paraclete or para alongside kletos, which is to come. To come alongside. The Greek word that's used is, is, the, is parakletos, which is to come alongside. It's, it's the same, uh, that, that first prefix, para, alongside, where we get parable for, from. And, and parabole, the Greek word bole, is, is to come alongside bole, is to throw. Jesus would come along and he'd throw a parable. He'd throw a word alongside the story that he is speaking. To parable, parabole, parakletos is the, 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 the helper, that the Holy Spirit comes alongside of us and he walks with us through whatever we're going through. The plerically. The words that are used to describe the Holy Spirit when we look in this New Testament and the Old Testament is counselor, intercessor, advocate, helper. But the old King James says this, he is our comforter. He's our, and I, I love that word, the comforter. Because um, if we go into each one of your homes, I guarantee you, we'll find what? A comforter. I, I, in fact, I brought a comforter along with me today. This is, this is Grandma Blue, who used to come to our church, who uh, made this. Chris tried to, tried to sell it in a garage sale. I wouldn't let her, though. Uh, I'm kidding. That's not, I'm just trying to get her in. Tr- oh, your grandmother made this one? You're trying to sell your grandmother's quilt? Oh, okay. I pulled it out and rescued it from the garage sale. That's not true. I'm just saying. <laughs> I use this one as an example because the one I wanted to use, she did get rid of to, to uh, where'd you give that one away? So, it, but it was time. I'm sorry. Am I throwing you on the bus? About 10 years ago, how long ago was that? Christmas time. About Christmas time, 10 years ago, we had, we had this house in Austin, Texas, and there was this comforter that, that Chris just so wanted. And it, it was beautiful. But it was, it was, at the time, for us, it was pretty expensive. So I, like, saved up, and, and, and when Christmas came, I gave her this comforter. Was it Christmas? Yeah. Why are you, why are you looking at me like that? You're going to tell this story. Oh, no, you can't, you can't come up and add. I work alone. Part was the night before was um, we were watching It's a Wonderful Life. This was early on in our marriage with small kids, and I thought we do Christmas together. So I'm like wrapping gifts and getting ready, you know, helping Santa. Um, that night, he's watching It's a Wonderful Life, and I'm realizing that for the first time, he we're not in this together. Like I'm doing this all by myself. I'm putting together bikes. I'm wrapping gifts. Like this is my gig. I'm not sure that's how this helps yeah. my story. Well, listen, because this is what he said. I don't know about how you were raised, but in my house, Shirley did everything, and my dad went to sleep. So I'm going to go to sleep, and you make all this happen. So we fought on Christmas Eve like no, I mean, it was bad. And I did not even want to look at him the next morning, Christmas morning, right? We were supposed to be all like jolly and happy. He literally at the end of Christmas, after all the kids have opening the gifts and stuff, do you remember this? Goes into the bedroom, comes back at the lake, Claire remembers, goes into the bedroom, comes back carrying a huge, what was a comforter, threw it at me. 
Did you I do that? Yeah, you didn't go, oh, I saved all it my money to give you this thing. <laughs> you like threw it at me and they were like, there, Merry Christmas, hope you're happy. And then walked out of the room. So that's really how that all I don't went see down. It. I didn't see it that yeah, way, yeah. but hey. <laughs> I'd have come. Hey, look, thank God the Holy Spirit was with her because I wasn't. Back to the point, to the story. This was all true. Okay. So she has this beautiful comforter and, and, and throws it. I, I may be thinking this wrong, so I hope. Don't correct me on this part of the story, okay? Um, so it's beautiful on the bed. Well, you know, when, 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 when I go to bed, I'm not so beautiful, okay? I don't take a shower before I go to bed. So this comforter is pulled back and put aside and not used, like, I'm not allowed to take the comforter and grab it and put it between my legs and, and be all comfortable with the comforter. It's folded up nicely, and it's put to the side. And, 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 and as I was thinking about the Holy Spirit and this use of the, the word, the comforter, I, I think, you know, we, we fold up the comforter, and then we just kind of put him on the side, and he sits there. And God goes, no, 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 it's, it's, it's to, he's, he's there for us. See, the comforter is not for use. It's for looks in the church today, unfortunately. How many believers have this comforter that was promised by Jesus that is for use, and it's just for looks in your life? And the power of the comforter that has come that Jesus sent for us to deliver us out of our despair, to deliver us out of our difficulties, to deliver us out of our depression, to deliver us out of our addictions, to walk with us in our difficult times and the times that are good and the times that are bad. How many of us as Christians have just taken that comforter and just put him on the side and he looks good from afar? A lot. In fact, Barna says that only 10% of Americans think they act according to the most biblical, basic biblical principles. We have this church in America that it, Jesus said, I'm going to send you the comforter that can help deliver you, help, help you walk in the pureness and the fullness of what I have for you. And we fold them up and we put them on the side. And only 10% of the church walks in the fullness of the comforter, the Holy Spirit, according to Barna. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has become an it and not a him in the church. Therefore, we don't walk with him as our counselor. And let me tell you, when we're going through difficult times, I need this word and I need the Holy Spirit to give me direction and counsel. I don't need to make more mistakes. I don't need to be in more pain. I need to hear from him. He's our intercessor. And when I don't know what to pray, he prays. When I don't know and I don't have any words anymore, the Bible says that he's our intercessor. It says he's our advocate. He goes before the Father in our place. It says he's our helper, and he helps me in difficult times, and he helps me in difficult situations. So why do I want to fold him up and put him down next to the bed and never use him? He's our comforter. The Holy Spirit is not for looks. There's power in the Holy Spirit. 
And God wants you and I to live in an empowered life with the Holy Spirit flowing through us so that not, it's, it's not about me, it's about others. So others might have hope that I could bring the gospel. See, because the last thing Jesus says, one of the last things he says before he's crucified is, I'm going away, but don't be troubled. I'll send you the comforter, counselor, intercessor, advocate, helper. And, 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 back. And, and what we see is the world has changed because God sends his Holy Spirit. And at the end of Acts 2, after all these miracles take place and all these crazy things start taking place, it says that 3,000 were saved. See, the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in my life and goes forth is for others as well as me. So let, let's, in a little bit of time we have left, let's look at the three things about the Holy Spirit and who he is. He's my helper, he's my friend, and he's my God. He's my helper, he's my friend, he's my God. And in this series, I, I want to kind of just unpack some things and look at some things and just kind of go, hmm, I never saw that. I never thought of the Holy Spirit that way. So that you and I might walk in a greater power in the Holy Spirit. Number one, the Holy Spirit, he's my helper. He's my helper. The Holy Spirit, again, back to, he unlocks this word for, to me. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives me revelation of what God is saying. Look, I, I, I am not special. I went to the University of Minnesota, which is the Harvard of the North, so it's really not, it's very difficult to get into, as you know. You know, University of Minnesota, go, go, go first. Yeah, how can you be, half, have any intelligent when your, your animal is named a gopher, you know, for your team? But it's, it's academically, look, they'll let anybody in. That's where I went to school, okay? University of Minnesota, go gophers. Um, it's not USC. You know, we didn't have to bribe to get into the school. They just let you in. If someone would have told Felicity Huffman that, she'd have saved a lot of money. Um, apparently not as prestigious. Sorry if you're watching, Felicity. Um, <laughs> that ain't happening either. The Holy Spirit, I just, he, is, he is my helper. I don't even know what I was saying before that other than this. Look, the, the words I preach are not because I have some great theological degree. It's because the Holy Spirit speaks to me. See, here's the thing. He can speak to you too. Look, do you know Eddie was up here a couple weeks ago? He didn't go to the University of Minnesota. I don't even know where he went. He preached a word because of the revelation and the power of the Holy Spirit in his life going forth. He's my helper. He guides. He leads. He speaks to me. I love this in, in John 16. He's my help. I want to show you three ways that he helps me. And this, this is so good. Uh, uh, Robert Morris, who, who pr pastors in Houston, and I was reading some stuff from his book, and he talks about this. But it, it, it says this in, in John 16, 8. It says, And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. He says this. He will convict the whole world in these three other ways. Sin, righteousness, and judgment. And I want to kind of dispel some things because we, in the church we look at this and we get, oh, he wants to con condemn me and convict me of sin, righteousness, and judgment. But let me show you what the scripture really means and what he's saying because it, it just unlocks so many things as opposed to the way that many of us have received the Holy Spirit, which is this. The Holy Spirit is coming to get you. Anybody ever thought about that? Thought that way? So he says this, sin, righteousness, and judgment. But in each one of those after he says because, and let me break them down for you right now. Verse 9, concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. He says this, 
concerning sin because they do not believe in me. The Holy Spirit comes and convicts. Another word that you can use for convict is convince. So the Holy Spirit comes to convince me of my sin because they not, do not believe in me. Now the context of this scripture right here is this. That how can you know, how can you have a need for a Savior if you don't know you're a sinner? If you don't know you're a sinner and you think you're not a sinner, there's no need for a Savior for Jesus. And it says this in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. In other words, the only reason there's a conviction in my heart of my sin is because the Holy Spirit brings that conviction. Notice I didn't say condemnation, but I said conviction. Condemnation is this. You're a bad person. You're an idiot. You can never do good. You can never do, do right. But the Holy Spirit doesn't work that way. The Holy Spirit comes. He brings conviction that opens your eyes to the fact that I need Jesus. And he comes along and he goes, conviction. You shouldn't do that. He comes along and he exposes the fact that I can't save myself. And he points me one way and he points me to Jesus. And when conviction comes, I realize I need a Savior and His name is Jesus. I need a Savior and His name is Jesus. So the first thing He does is He convinces us of our sin and that we need a Savior. Then He says this, concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Righteousness is this. It's right standing with God. And it says that Jesus goes to the Father, sits at the right hand of the Father, and on your behalf, he goes to the Father. See, think about this. Conviction, or convinced that we are sinners, we come into a relationship with Jesus, who is our Savior, then he stands at the side of the Father and goes, he's one of ours. And, and, and I can be right before God, even in the midst of all my junk, the blood of Jesus washes it away when I repent. And, and Jesus goes, he's one of ours. He's with you. And the Father can have communion and he can speak and he can have relationship with me because I'm in right standing with God the Father. The third thing he says because in is concerning with judgment because the rule of this world is judged. So he deals with our sin. He convinces us that we're sinners, Okay. Then he deals with our righteousness. He says to the Father that we're righteous before him. And then concerning judgment, because the rule of this world is judged. Look at John 12, 31. Now is the judgment of the world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And he's talking about the enemy at that time, that the, that the, the, the devil would be cast out. And it says in John 14, I will no longer talk much with you, for the rule of this world is coming. He has no claim on me. When it says that concerning judgment, that he'll convince us concerning judgment, it's not this condemnation, judgment, you're a bad person. It's this, that the enemy will lose this fight, and he has nothing on you anymore. And when you come and you receive all those lives of the enemy that says you're nothing, you'll never be forgiven. That sin you did can never be washed away. The judgment comes and God says, no, 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 no. Jesus says, no, 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 no. I've sent the Holy Spirit and, and, and Satan has been dealt with and you no longer have to live under condemnation. See, 
The misunderstanding of the Holy Spirit is this, because this is, when it comes, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. We look at it this way. He's coming to convict you as a sinner. You're a sinner. You're in trouble. You're not living right. You ever heard that from a preacher or a Christian? You're not living right. You're going to get it. That's the way we perceive the Holy Spirit. This is what he's actually saying. The truth is this, the Holy Spirit, he's coming to convict you of your need for a Savior, for Jesus. Once you accept that Savior, he convicts you of your right standing with God. He convinces me that I'm in right standing. I'm not what I was. I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm a new person. I'm not the same old person that I was before that the enemy tries to lie and speak into my ear. Now that you're in right standing with God, he convicts you that Satan and all of his authority has been taken away. And he has no more authority on me. I don't have to live the life that I lived before. I don't have to live in that, what the, what the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I'm delivered of that because of the power of the Holy Spirit that God sent to reveal my sin and then show me Jesus that I might come into relationship with Jesus and that, I might, that he might sit at the right hand of the Father and go, hey, he's clean, he's one of ours. And I can know that the enemy's a liar. And he's lying to some of us today. He's lying to some of us today. Number two, the Holy Spirit's my friend. And I stole this from, from his book. It says, and he's not weird. The Holy Spirit's my friend, and he's not weird. Contrary to weird people, there are weird people. Not a weird Holy Spirit. There are weird people that have colored hair that sits up here and, and they go on TV and they blow on people and they, they fan them and people fall down and all that stuff. Therefore, there's, uh, I'm not here to judge anybody or anything. But when I talk to my friends who don't know Jesus, they go, that's some weird stuff you guys have. But, but here's the reality. Jesus is my friend. And he's not weird. We get weird. You guys are weird. Just look to your left and your right. If you don't see a weird person, look in the mirror. Took you a second. You can be a normal person and walk in the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be wacko. You can be a normal person. Acts 2.47, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their numbers day by day those who were being saved. In other words, look, God's power and his Holy Spirit was falling and people were getting saved. They weren't weirded out by the Holy Spirit. Here's what happens. The enemy wants to twist it. And at the turn of the century, around the, uh, the early 20th century, this move of the Holy Spirit started to come back in in Azusa revival, and, and all these things started to happen, and, 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 and I am convinced that the enemy wants us to think that the Holy Spirit and the, the movement and the power of the Holy Spirit is a weird thing. But here's why it's not, because the power of the Holy Spirit comes, and, 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 and the gifts come, and love comes, and fruit comes in our lives when the Holy Spirit comes on us. And the enemy wants nothing more than to distract and take away from that. Do you think the enemy wants us to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit? Do you think he wants us to walk in the gifts that he's given us, the love that God has called us to, or the fruit that comes forth with our, by the power of the Holy Spirit? No, he doesn't at all. 
Why doesn't anybody think the Holy Spirit is weird? Because the power of God. He doesn't want us to walk in it. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on me, on you. And you'll be my witness in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea and the ends of the earth. You, you and me will be the witnesses when the power of the Holy Spirit comes on us. Why does the enemy want us to think the Holy Spirit is weird? Because he doesn't want us to walk in the gifts that God has for us. In, in, in 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians uh, 14 and, and Romans 14, are, are these gifts are laid out and, 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 and he has gifts for you and I to walk in so that we can bring hope and the power to others. Why does the enemy want? Because he doesn't want us to love. Right between 13 and, 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 or 12 and 13 is 14, and, and God talks about love. And the most important of all these things are love. And in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, he says this, For now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these are love. And when we walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, there's a, a, a love that goes forth in our lives that others can taste, that they can see, that they can experience, that will allow others to know Jesus. And lastly, fruit says this in Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. The fruit, we've been talking about that for the last several months, that there's fruit that comes forth in our lives that people eat. And the enemy wants us to think that the Holy Spirit is weird so that we put it in a box, not him in a relationship. And when, but when we put him in a relationship, there's fruit that goes forth in our lives so that others can eat off of it so that they might experience and taste the goodness of God. Lastly, the Holy Spirit is my God. The Holy Spirit is my God. When, when someone says the Father is God, and then someone says that Jesus is God, everybody's pretty copacetic with that. If it weirds you out a little bit or you get a little uncomfortable when you say the Holy Spirit is God, then, then you need to be introduced to the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. See, because God the Father, God the Son Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit are in this perfect Trinitarian dance. This is perfect relationship that takes place with all three of them. See, let me, let me show you where you can see all three of them as God. John 14, 16, And I will pray, Jesus says, the Father, and he shall give you another helper, the Holy Spirit. God, or Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. How about John 14? But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Jesus is saying this. We see all three. He's my God. John 15. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send unto you from the Father. Jesus, the Helper, the Father. We're seeing. Now, let me, let me show you a scripture that you've seen a million times, and maybe you didn't see this. All three of them at once in the scene. The baptism of Jesus, the Holy Trinity, all in the same spot at one time in the New Testament. We see it in the Old Testament. We see it here in the New Testament. And the Holy Spirit descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. Who did he descend on? Jesus. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. We see the, the Holy Spirit coming from heaven, falling on Jesus, 
And God saying he's pleased, all three. This trinity, this perfect dance of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They defer to one another. And I love the, the, how this works. The Father glorifies and magnifies the Son. The Son only does what the Father says. And the Son tells you the Holy Spirit is coming. And the Holy Spirit leads you to Jesus, directs you to Jesus. And this perfect Trinitarian theology of, of this dance that has taken place and, and this deference among our God. The Holy Spirit is my God. The biblical proof that he is God we see in Acts 5. And Peter said to Ananias, Why hath that Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Then look what it says in verse 4. You have not lied to men, but you have lied to God. It just affirms that when Ananias lied to the Holy Spirit, that he lied to God. The Holy Spirit is my God. Let me finish with this. Again, this was written by um, uh, Robert Morris, and he kind of surmises a, a theological position on, on the Holy Spirit. And I want us to rethink about what we think about the Holy Spirit and who you think He is in your life and His role in your life. As we are in this series, I want you to examine and go, what is the role that the Holy Spirit plays in my life? Have I put Him as a comforter off to the side or is His power going forth in my life? The Holy Spirit intercedes through us on earth. The Holy Spirit calls and qualifies ministers for the work. It is the Holy Spirit who makes him overseers of their flock. He hears, speaks, teaches, and guides us into all truth. He glorifies Christ, received from Christ, shows us Christ, and brings Christ's words to remembrance. It is better for us that Jesus left so that he could come. He shows us things to come, knows the deepest things of God, searches all things, and reveals all things. Where he is, there's liberty. The writers of the Bible spoke as they were moved by him. We are warned not to grieve him or quench him. The sin against him is unpardonable because sin against him is against the only one who can, really reveal, who can reveal the Son to us. Unless a man is born of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. We are convicted by him, born again by him, led by him, filled with him, and sealed with him. He is the Holy Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you. Yes, I do know about you. I need the power of the Holy Spirit, as do you, to walk this walk that God has called us to in this place. I don't care if you're 12, if you're 10, if you're 5, if you're 17, if you're 99, if you're 45, if you're 32 like me, or what it might be. I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time this morning, God. Holy Spirit, you, you are our friend. You are our God. I ask that you would come in, in a powerful way in each of our lives, that you would reveal yourself in a, a greater way. God, I thank you that you sent your Son that we might have everlasting life. Jesus, you died on that cross and you left. You sent your spirit that we might be able to walk, that we might walk in this power. And God, I pray that we'd be a church that would walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. God, I thank you for all that you've done and all that you mean to us. 
In Jesus' precious name. Thanks for listening to the Pacific Point Podcast. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com slash give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you are encouraged today.